Welcome, everybody, to Catfish Weekly, presented by Whiskerware Apparel, along with Doc Lang. I'm Lyle Stokes, and we've got a bunch of stuff to go over tonight, Doc. Yes, we do. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've been cold for two or three days. This latest shoulder surgery has got my old arm just hurting like crazy. Uh, what happened to our, our Chuck Davidson-type weather? I don't know. It uh, it went out the window. I got a half an inch of snow sitting here in the Buckeye State. It's 30 degrees outside. It's supposed to get even colder tomorrow. Well, so, uh, the 30 degree weather, but you can keep that snow. We don't need any of that stuff. Yeah, it's just, it's just a dusting right now. They're calling for one to three. I hope the weatherman's wrong like he usually is. <laughs> I hope that he is too. It's it's uh you know, we got a taste of the good stuff and nobody wants to go back to the old way now. That's just the way it is. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> I know you haven't been home from work very long, but uh our winner from last week's show that won the Bill Dance signature hat, uh Neil Craig posted a picture. He sent it to me yeah. and I posted it up of his three year old son, Jace River Craig. And his new hat, he gave the hat to his son, and that's just a pretty cool picture. Really enjoyed that. Thanks so much yeah. for playing along with us. We're going to have a little another giveaway tonight, so you guys need to stay tuned. Uh, we'll figure out how we're going to do all that and get it all going and and uh, see if, if uh, something everybody likes. I'm pretty sure they will, but, uh, yeah, you never know. Yep. Sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Uh, let's see what what we got to I, – I know what I want to do. Our buddy with Crusher Marine, Robert, we need to, has made us an offer, and I want to get this out. If, if you guys haven't seen these, this is the uh, live well water intake system. It's called a Survivor. You put it on the back of your boat, uh, and it, as you go down the, water, the, the lake or the river with uh, – Fishing your live well, this will force water through here, and it goes up to your live well pump, and you turn the pump on, and it'll constantly put water into your uh, live well. And that's something that's extremely important. We need to make sure that uh, that we get that done. So uh, he has made us an offer that from now through um, – the 31st of the month, if you order one of them and tell them you heard about it on Catfish Weekly, you can get it at 40% off. So uh, That's a heck of a deal. Wow. That's a heck of a deal. Yeah, it really yep. is. So anybody that's interested in in uh, getting one of these, you need to get a hold of Robert and jump in on this. 40% uh, off of something that's not terribly expensive to start with is, is a really cool deal. <clears throat> And uh, it would be great if, if you help him out. He's doing a really good job with some quality products. And, uh, you know, that's where we want to be. We want to help him sell his stuff, and we want to save some fish. And uh, what better way to do it than, than to get a, a great price on those. Uh, so get a hold of Robert and make that happen. Get to save them fish. we got to keep them babies in going. Uh, that's right. There's something else that I talked to you about before the show started that I want to mention here right quick. You know, we, we have people that we visit with all over. Uh, a lot of people from up north, a lot of people from down south throughout the mid part of the United States, states and all over the east. Uh, we, we're familiar with these guys. They message us. We know where they watch the show and do all the stuff. Um, 
I got a message today, and, and I kind of feel guilty about this. You know, we met a guy uh, down at uh, Monsters Army, Ohio last year. His name was Steve Johnson. He's a really cool guy. I, we had a lot of fun visiting with Steve. And uh, a guy by the name of Ken, and I'm not going to attempt his name until I figure out exactly how to pronounce it correctly, <laughs> contacted me, and he wanted us to talk about his uh, tournament that he has running out there. Uh, it's a three-day derby that they do in California. And, you know, people don't associate California with, with catfishing like they do some other parts of the state. Well, this, this derby has been running. This will be the 36th annual event out there. Uh, and, and I've, I, I want to apologize to these people for not picking up on this because, you know, we've had some guys from out there on the show, but we really haven't uh, stepped up toward the part of the program where we should. And 36 years is a long time to be running a fishing tournament, and I don't know if anybody yes, has got one that's been running any longer than that. And it's a three-day derby. The winner gets $4,000. It's the top 20 places, and they – polygraph if i remember what he told me correctly the top 10 places so they they're putting on a quality event and yep. uh i'm trying to get it set up where we can get these guys on the show and get steve in here with us steve actually uh is the record holder of this tournament on on the amount of fish that's been caught so we want to get them guys on here and get steve on with us and and uh and talk about that we're going to work out the details and make that happen but uh anybody that's interested in this uh, get a hold of them guys. It's called Clear Lake Oaks Catfish and Derby. It's May nineteenth, twentieth, and twenty first, and uh, that's a big deal. You yes, know, it's it something is. that we miss, and and uh, we're going to try to help them promote that and, and try to talk them into being a part of the Catfish Weekly National Championship. Sounds great. Yep. Do you have anything we need to go over before we start uh, our visiting? Before we get to Dieter, yes, I do. Whisker, right. stick, whisker Sticks LED. As everybody is aware, uh, let's see, on March 2nd, I plugged this LED in. It's running on a little battery. And today is the, uh, the 13th. This thing has 270 hours on it. And it wow. is still, it is still lit up. I mean, you can see this thing during the daylight hours and it is still lit up so i'm i'm hoping that it's going to go another 10 12 days before it finally dies but man got guys i mean this is a well-made product the owner tim hardwick is out of cincinnati ohio and uh i mean these are well made and i just can't say enough <clears throat> about these things so uh you know if you get a chance give tim a call right there on facebook under uh, Whisker Sticks LEDs. And that's Whisker so, Sticks with the S-T-I-X. Yes. S-T-I-X LEDs. He's on Facebook right now. Quality product, so, and I've spent some time on the yeah, phone with him, as you have, and he's a really nice guy to visit with, and he's got all the information in the world about these things. Yeah, so very good product. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's outstanding. It, just to last as long as it has to this point is a big feat, Doc. That's, that's really yeah. yeah. I mean, 270 really hours, and most anybody's going to probably fish is eight hours in a, in a night, you know, where you're going to have a light. And, uh, you know, right. if you're using callum sticks, 
you know, once once you break them, they're only good for so long, and then they go out. Well, this right. this unit here, all you have to do is pull the battery on it, wait till the next time, plug it back in. So you know, you buy one, it it probably run you the entire fishing season. That's just that's just way too cool for people not to be interested in. It, it's yeah. gonna it's a great product and a real nice young man uh, that's that's offering those. So that's yep. cool. Well, Doc, tonight we have Dieter Melhorn on the show with us tonight, and Dieter does a lot of, of videos. Uh, they're short to the point with quality information, and he does a lot of fishing in the southeast. So welcome to the show, Dieter. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me, man. Enjoy it. Doc and I have both watched your videos, and, and they're very informative and quality made. Uh, I know you kind of have a background in some of that stuff, so – uh, would you care to tell us a little about yourself? Yeah, what uh, I do, I do work in video production. That's what I do for a living. Um, so this is a going out on the boat with a GoPro in your hand, pointing it at yourself is a lot different than what we do. <laughs> uh, with, you know, eight or ten yeah. people on a crew, and uh, I started doing the videos years ago and just throwing them up mainly so that on some of the other websites back then that people frequented you could put up a video and you know people could see it and i never really had any intention of doing anything more than that with it and uh, i don't know so i had an interest about i guess it was about in december i said you know what i'd like to see if i could basically create a brand around the fishing i do and i've uh, been ramping up the quality a little bit they're not you know it's not what I do in the real world level, but it's got some editing. They are kind of quick and to the point because, uh, honestly, it's, it's hard to put up a video that's 15, 20 minutes long of a guy winching on a fish the whole time to keep it interesting and keep the viewer, you know, right. interested in what you're doing. And for people to watch on YouTube, it's, it's, it's typically a younger generation, and there's a lot of click, 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 and it either gets their attention and, you know, the first little bit or they're off to something else. You know, you, now you do have people that are on there to learn something and they're on there to learn how to do a particular type of fishing. Um, and I'm going to get into some more in-depth stuff later on, but right now I'm just trying to get some videos out there, let some people see them, you know, try to develop a following and uh, see where it goes from there. Outstanding. Outstanding. Mm. Well, I, you know, we've we've got a few questions to ask you about what you do and, and your fishing and stuff. I'm going to let Doc go first, and uh, and I know he's got some stuff he's been thinking about for a little while. And if I've got anything left over when he's done, I'll pick it up from there. Jump right in. All right. So where 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 do you do most of your fishing at? Well, I'm in the southeast. I'm located near Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, pretty much everything we fish is reservoirs. Obviously, we don't have any major flowing rivers in this part of the country, uh, like you do in the central part and uh, the western part. It's, uh, you know, reservoirs. You may have a river run on these lakes that is, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten miles long, but it's no, you know, big major current. All of the current we get is from dam releases, power generation. So some of them put out a schedule like the TVA does, but most of them around here just come on for peak demand. So it's almost an art to figuring out what the weather patterns, how much rain you've had and what the temperature is in the morning and afternoon, what time yeah. they're going to release the water. And I do some fishing in Eastern Tennessee uh, around Lenore city, Fort Loudon out in that area, Watts bar. And then on Santee Cooper, that's where I started out years ago fishing because that was the only place in the world you could catch a catfish was Santee Cooper for 30 years. Or right. That's what the world right. thought. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've seen that place, you know, 
change a lot over the year. So that's the fishing I do. It's a lot of, like I said, lake reservoir fishing, uh, a lot of drifting, a lot of trolling for catfish. Uh, we anchor too, but because we have such, you know, nice size reservoirs, and a lot of times it's still water, uh, we can use drifting and trolling techniques to try to catch the fish. So it's uh, pretty cool. Uh, you know, the guys that fish the rivers that are constantly flowing, that's like a different world to us. And I think a lot of them coming to a lake like Santee Cooper or something where it never moves hardly is a totally different world. So when I see Larry Mees and some of the other guys with their bumping techniques and all, I'm like, wow, that'd be really cool to learn how to do. But it's hard to learn how to do where we live because we really don't have those kind of water conditions to try it out in. And uh you know how it is with fishing. Usually you try out something new when it's absolutely the most horrible bite that there is possible. <laughs> yeah. Then you decide to try something new. And you really don't know if it works then. So right. <laughs> like I said, you can try something new, do it when the fishing's really great because you can see if it really works. But, but that's the way it is out here. We've, uh, we've got some good fish. Uh, I mean, obviously we've got the world record in North Well, the lake that's right on the line between North Carolina and South Carolina or North Carolina and Virginia. I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of fish out of Kerr, Bugs Island, and uh, Lake Gaston. I know where Zach Royce fishes at. You, you know, you see him pulling good fish out all the time. So uh, we've got some good fish. It's, you know, it's different kind of fisheries that we have here, though, than the Midwest and, you know, central part of the country. Now, do, you, do are you dragging baits or are you just strictly drifting? Or And so explain your setup so the viewers know what you're doing. Yep, the as I call it, the dummy proof when I go to is the Santee rig, and I've got a ton of videos up showing Santee rigs, which is basically right. a piece of leader. It's got a cork, a weight on one end, and it floats the bait up off the bottom. And you're either drifting with the wind, depending on what the wind conditions are, or I use a trolling motor. And if it's dead calm, you use a trolling motor, and it'll you know get it set. I've got a iPilot, and you can program exactly the direction you want it to go in, punch in the speed you want it to go at, and cruise right down through there. If it's windy, obviously, uh, we can drift. Uh, I can, I think I put a video up a couple weeks ago. I think we had 20, 20 or 25 mile an hour sustained winds. And uh, using two big drift socks was able to slow the boat down to about 0.5. So, um, you know, it's, it's, that's, it's the two factors that move you along, wind or a motor. Uh, right. And it's, it's drift rigs usually, but, you know, it's depending on the time of the year, the suspended baits will work work really well uh, i was shooting a striper video a few weeks ago and had all kinds of baits out on what were stripers and then some other arches in there and they turned out to be catfish that were about 12 feet and suspended and I, I remember i think i caught 10 or 11 stripers that day and probably 15 catfish that were all suspended hitting live baits at the striper were hidden and you know i talked to a buddy on the phone that wasn't catching any catfish or he said it was real slow so Sometimes the fish are suspended and I'll fish it that way, but usually most of the time it's dragging baits along the bottom. And that's usually anywhere from a six to 10 rod spread if you're using planer boards to put them out on the sides. So uh, you can cover a big expanse of water and a lot of depths and a lot of area. And, you know, the slower you can go, the better. I always tell people you can go too fast drifting, but you can never really go too slow. That's why I try to keep everything less than a half a mile an hour. So you keep it at less than half all year long? Yeah, I mean, you can go faster in the summertime. We kind of came up with this little rule of thumb was whatever the temperature is, it's 50 degrees, you didn't want to go faster than that. If it was 70, 75 degrees, you didn't want to go faster than 0.75. 
if it's 20 degrees, you need to be at the house and you shouldn't be fishing anyway. But <laughs> it's, it's kind of a good rule of thumb. I try to stick to a half a mile an hour all the time. It, it gives you plenty of time to cover an area and plenty of time for some of those lethargic fish that are just sitting there, you know, wallowed up in the mud or not feeding, not aggressive to a little more time with that bait in front of them. Okay. What's your bait? What, what are you using for bait? Well, here we got a lot of white perch. Uh, they became either landlocked or put in here by striper fishermen. Uh, they're not an indigenous species to these waters. They basically look like a white bass if you guys hadn't seen them in other parts of the country. And they're often mistaken for a white bass. Uh, they're very widespread and popular, and you can load the boat with them. I put up a bunch of videos of just filling up, you know, bait well full of those. Uh, also, brim is another good one in the summertime once things warm up, especially once the flathead bite picks up. That's really a good go-to bait. Uh, and we're getting right into the temp. Well, we were into the temperatures before we had the snow yesterday. Uh, we're getting into that 60-degree water temperature when you can start catching those brim. And obviously, shad, gizzard shad and threadfin. Uh, we've been catching some really huge threadfin for us, which is like this long recently. But the gizzard shad, obviously, that's the go-to bait anywhere you go. And, if you can sure. get those, depending on which lake around here you're fishing on, sometimes they're readily available. Sometimes you got to work for them. But we've got a lucky, luckily, to have a bunch of guys like Jamie K Outdoors that sell shad and have keep huge tanks that you know you can get shad anytime you want, any time of the year. That guy, I need to shoot a video on him. I've seen him out there in 28 degree water and flip flops and a t-shirt throwing a cast net, you know, trying to put shad in the boat. So uh, it, wow. it's it's worth it, but. But yeah, that's uh that's the go-to baits. Now in North Carolina, we can use game fish. Um, if they have been caught legally and they meet the creel and link specifications, uh, you can use game fish. And believe it or not, striped bass are an excellent catfish bait. People think I joke with them when I say that, but they're legal to use in North Carolina and fillet, little fillets off the smaller smaller striped bass are actually good bait. So pretty much anything that swims, um, I consider a bait. <laughs> it just depends right. how good of a bait it is at that time. Uh, like I've said before, you know, any fish I put on the hook, a catfish has probably eaten at some point. But I'll be willing to bet you money that a cat, most catfish have never eaten a chicken liver before because they're hard to find in most of our lakes. So I try to stick with fish. <laughs> <clears throat> that's good advice that's out there funny. now. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. One well, of my old, I don't mean to put those down because I've fished with them before, Catch, but one of my old guy buddies, he calls them grocery store baits whenever we uh, uh, start talking about this stuff. And I'm going to be putting on a video, another one on the whole chicken marinated in garlic powder. That's one that will be coming yeah. out later. It does catch fish. So grocery store baits actually do work. I just give them a hard time. <laughs> 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 that's fun now you guys can run in unlimited rods right uh yes by state law and uh you know we're south carolina i think has a four rod limit from the bank i believe but uh yeah from the boat there's no limit on the number of rods we can fish and i'm telling you it looks like it looks like sometimes especially during tournaments a couple of spiders mating because they'll be boats with rods everywhere there in all different directions yeah i usually fish i mean drifting usually i'm fishing six to eight if i'm anchoring you know about 10 is the most i fish that's just it takes up so much bait so much time getting them out i honestly believe that i don't think your hook up rates are that much better i think the fish move enough that 
when they're in there feeding, you know, I, I think they're going to find your baits if you got them, especially if you got a river current. I mean, I think you can get by with a lot less rods and river current. So, yeah, I think it levels the playing field in tournaments. I know some people give me heck about that, but you know, I think there's, I mean, I think Cabela's has a six rod limit, and uh, it, you know, depending on your style and uh, fishing and how you fish, especially the guys who do the bottom bouncing when they're only dealing with one or two rods, they're, they're used to a whole different type of fishing than somebody that's going out and anchoring out and putting up 18 rods. So, you know, I don't know. It's whatever. The rules are the same for everybody, though. So if they say six rods, right. one rod, or 20, everybody's fishing with the same amount. It's not like they're taking any away from anybody. So that's just my take on it. I just don't like carrying that much bait or catching that much. So that's my excuse. I'll use eight, and that's all I got to bait for. Right. I'm looking. I'm checking to see if anybody's got any questions here. I don't see anything right now. I don't know about the questions, but uh, Rob Nasal Rods in Ohio, someplace, and he said 18 degrees and it's snowing there. Well, he can keep all that. Uh, <laughs> we don't need none of that yeah. at all. Chad Wall agrees with you completely on your theory uh, about if it swims in the water, because he says it's uh, something that we all have heard a million times, if it's got scales, it's bait. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and, you know, it. I'm trying to think of anything I haven't used. Uh, carp's another one, believe it or not. A guy got me, they were cleaning out a palate, and they had carp, and they were a bunch of little ones, and we cut those things up in little bitty chunklets for bait, and the catfish mauled that stuff. Uh, I mean, it was... It was a really good bait. Uh, I haven't tried gar. Uh, large mouth. Yeah, I've done large mouth. I haven't done any large mouth fishermen list because, yeah, I've used them. It's only the small ones. Though. Those little ones are great. And uh, and a crappy. Crappy's another one. It's a really good bait. You can't use Now, in South Carolina, you can't use any of the game fish except for brim. It's the only one. They made that a law a couple of years ago. So, uh, And what's funny is one of the lakes a lot of us fish here is Lake Wiley, and it straddles the line between – North Carolina and South Carolina. So you can you can literally be drifting across that lake and be perfectly legal in North Carolina with six crappy heads hanging off your rod and you get to the middle of a river channel in a certain place and you're in South Carolina. And those game wardens do carry GPS on their face to mark exactly where you were at when they check you. So <laughs> yeah. they will tell you exactly where the state line is. So yeah. I promise you that. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> It's funny unless you're the one on the receiving end. Of yeah, that exactly. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I tell yeah. people, you know, stay abreast of the laws, keep up with them. You know, if you don't know, get there. Are so many, you know, Facebook groups now that you can jump on and ask people, hey, can I use this? Can you know, is this legal? Is this not legal? Because I know going through a regulation book, I mean, it, it's it's like you know, reading the owner's manual of a car. There's a lot of stuff to dig through and sort through, and you can overlook some, especially something like fishing with a, you know, using game fish for bait. Sometimes that's not a commonly asked question, and not usually laid out there for you know a, a cat fisherman to to find. You got to kind of dig to find it. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what kind of boat are you fishing out of? A Carolina skiff. I've got a 198 DLD. Yeah, it's got a uh, 90 horsepower Suzuki. I've had it, I think I'm in my 10th year. I'm going into my 10th year with it. Uh, it's not super huge. It's not super fast. It's not super smooth, but it's super for me to fish out of. Um, I wouldn't mind having one a couple of feet longer. Uh, 
it's got nice high sides on it. I fish down at the coast. And by the way, I'm not sponsored by them. I'm giving you a sales pitch. I'll just tell you, I like the things. Uh, I fish down at the coast a lot. So it's got high sides, which is nice to keep water out of it. It's also, I think a boat with high sides on it is safe. If you do stumble or something, you're not going over the side and out the edge. It's right. um, the DLVs, the semi V hull. They make the old style flat hull that really mm -hmm. beats your teeth out. But uh, this one doesn't beat your teeth out. It just beats them around in your head. And, uh, you know, when it gets rough, you got to slow down. Uh, if you're quartering into the wind, you're going to get wet. But uh, it, it runs in, I want to say 11 inches is what the draft is on it. Uh, you know, downside to it is it's like a bobber. It sits on top of the water. There's not a lot of it in the water. So uh, if you're anchoring, uh, it's, it's, it's going to yaw all over the place because it's really hard to get it still in the wind. But uh, yeah, good boat, and you know, uh, I'd love to have me a eighty thousand dollar Lund Deep V that was twenty two feet long. But until who wants I'm, that payment? Yeah, who <laughs> wants, exactly. That's the thing. Who wants to spend that kind of money on a boat? So, right. Even though I'm sure it's probably eight or ten guys fishing out of them that are watching this. So, but <laughs> okay. So, if they ever get tired of them, uh, just private Chad, message me. I'll come pick it up. Yeah, get it out of your okay. hands. Chad Wall wants to know what kind of camera do you use? Honestly, I just happen to have one laid on my desk. It's a GoPro. Uh, that's what I use for the boat videos. Obviously, for the stuff I do professionally, it's 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 funny. This camera, when I bought it, that's a Hero Two, and that's what's even worse. They've got yeah. a brand new one that has a right. screen. It's wireless to your phone, and I'm working with four year old technology. Meanwhile, I've got TV cameras that are. Thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars. Uh, I don't mind spending money on that end for a client, but for cheap little on me, that's what I've been using on the boat to shoot with. Well, uh, they do really well. Yeah, and they yeah. do. You have to know the limitations and where the lens is. I mean, most of the time when you see me talking into the camera, the camera's literally that close to my face, just because of how wide the lens is. Um, you know, that's one of the downsides. You got to learn how to kind of play the game with it and make it work. Uh, obviously, there's times when I'd love to have a full-size camera with, you know, a good long lens on it to where you can get fish jumping, coming out of the water, get birds, that kind of stuff. But that's what I do all the stuff on the boat with. But I'm going to try to get one of the newer ones uh, with the, you know, you can look at it in your phone and see, you know, what you're seeing in the shot and control it and all that kind of stuff. But I'd love to have a drone. That's another thing I, I that's on my list. But as if I don't have enough stuff to worry about when I'm fishing and trying to shoot with this thing in my hand, I can imagine if I've got a drone sitting up there, I'm hooked in a fish, I'm drifting across the lake, it flies into a power line. It's, it's just going to end up in the mess. So maybe one day when I have a whole production crew on the water with me, I'll be able to have all those little toys and stuff. But for now, it's a good bro. Okay. I got somebody asking when drifting in a river, do you drift with or against the current? When I'm in a river, I usually anchor, honestly. I, the, the, and I've watched a ton of videos on guys that fish in the river and river current. And, you know, they get into the taking whatever your current speed is, say it's two miles an hour, cut that in half and all that kind of stuff. If I'm in a river and I got current, I'm anchoring. Um, because, I, like I said, our current typically here, it comes on for a couple hours. And what we'll do is do the milk run and hit some of the good, you know, you know, points and creek mouths and that kind of stuff. And usually in a couple hours, it's turned off and it's gone. Um, after that, if it's running continuously, like, you know, you guys in other part of the country deal with, 
we're usually anchoring up on the places where the fish are ducking up out of the current, ducking, you know, behind brush piles and that kind of stuff. We just, I just really here have not had enough experience and time to get good at drifting and bottom bouncing and that kind of stuff in current. Um, you know, like I said, I, I, I went out to Tennessee one time with all the best intentions. I listened to Larry Meese talk about it. I had it. I said, oh, yeah, this, oh, yeah, this is going to be easy. And I got out there, but it was all kinds of sideways. Lines were swept <laughs> back under the boat. If I would have hooked the fish, I would have never known it was there. I would have wound up in a trolling boat or something. Uh, from what I hear, you need to have uh, – that's another thing here. Most people have 12-volt trolling motors, single battery. And, uh, you know, a lot of those guys out there are running 24 and 36 volts. So right, kind of yeah. ill-prepared for it. So, yeah, you know, that's the long answer to the question. But most of the time here where we're at, it's anchoring in river current. It's like, you know, a big, woohoo! they're turning on the water. we got some water current going. It's like people get on the two-way radios and, you know, it's a <clears throat> volley down the rivers. Ah, they turned the water on. So it's kind of like a little special prize for us when it happens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what uh, what uh, rigs are you using? Your poles and the reels. What are you, what yeah. are you using there? The reels are all sixty five hundred Abbey Garcia reels. Um, okay. I've had them. I've got some five thousands, but I kind of turned those into striper rods just because the line capacity is smaller on them. <clears throat> and the only reason I had the sixty five hundreds with the larger line capacity is when I'm drifting, you got a lot of line out. If you have to break something off, you may end up, you know snapping line off somewhere along the way. So it's just more line. You, you know, you don't have to worry. If you break something up off close to the wheel, you've got plenty of line left. Um, the drag's about the same on them. I do put power handles on them. That's, you know, the single blade versus the little double blade handle. Right. It just gives you a little more leverage when you're wriggling and stuff. Uh, it's a little bit bigger for my fat hands. And uh, the rods I've been using, uh, the Big Cat Fever rods, I just started using some of those. Uh, I think it's because mm -hmm. I'm getting lazy in my old age and it's a lot easier to bring fish in with those rods. Uh, they're a little bit heavier, and, you know, honestly, you can clip some fish into the boat a lot easier than you can with the, uh, the ugly sick catfish rods, which I used for years. I've still got them. I still use them. Uh, you know, they're good rods, uh, especially if you're starting out and you don't have a lot of money to spend. And right. that's the thing. I'm, I'm actually going to be doing some videos here in the next few months on some of the different rods because not everybody has, you know, 85 95 120 150 dollars to spend on a rod especially when you're starting out and if you're like me and your ocd you've got to have at least two of everything and generally you buy them in sixes or eights so you know it's it's just it, it's really my wife laughs at me because it's like well I, i've got four rods on the boat and I, you know i need i gotta have you know at least two others of the same color so but no it, it's hard for somebody especially starting out uh you know to spend that kind of money and honestly it makes life easier there are some situations where you you know thank the good lord that you got them but i actually every 60 plus pound catfish i pulled in came on a ugly stick catfish rod and you know never had one break uh you know they work fine for 30 bucks or what I don't even know what they are anymore. Yeah, so, uh, but those are the two I use. I've tried the heavier tiger rods and stuff, and I still use them down at the beach shark fishing, but they're just a little bit too heavy for what we do. Uh, like I said, we don't get a lot of river current and that's, you know, if I was in some place and I've been up in Tennessee when it's really stroking and you're having to use a lot of weight, we're not slinging a lot of weights around here. So, you know, it's, 
it's kind of relative to where you're at and what kind of waters you're fishing. If I was in some, you know, three, four mile an hour current, yeah, your chuck is maybe way, you need a rod a lot stiffer than, you know, uh, an ugly stick to, you know, be dealing with fishing that way. Because I know now you get in some current like that, you'll have a hard time getting a fish in one of those smaller yeah. rods. So that's where the bigger stuff comes in. So the Big Cat Fever Rod is about the upper end of what I'm using right now. And I, you know, I'm going to try them out at the coast this year, doing some shark fishing. We get into black tips and spinners down there. And I think it'll be fun to see what they, you know, what they can do on those. And, and I'm a guy, <clears throat> I just cut a video yesterday that'll be out. I get all the time the question, what line do I use? How, you know, how do you line? I use 20 pound line. And I know and we get into this argument all the time online, uh, online about stuff. I use 20 pound because of where I fish. I mean, it, I don't really fish really anything. I don't like to fish fish that are totally in the middle of a brush pile. Um, and that's just me from a conservation mode. Maybe I'm silly or stupid, but I would hate to get a fish wrapped up in there on, you know, a Mason cord thick line and it get broke off and it's wrapped up in there and it dies. Not to mention the damage you did to them. So I'd rather break one off. But that's just me. I mean, there's nothing wrong with people who fish with the heavier line there's some you know there's some under i understand how somebody would want to use heavy braid light leader so you don't lose the whole rig and stuff but i like the castability of the lighter line i like the line capacity of the lighter line uh, i like the fact that mono sinks versus braid braid tends to float and right. i think especially when you're anchoring especially when you're some yawing winds and you, you're fishing a lake, a reservoir. I like having that line sink into the water. It creates some hydrostatic pressure on it that helps you see your bite better. Um, I play, now, I love braid for catching small fish, catching uh, crappy white perch, those kind of fish. I love it because you can really feel a bite on it, you know, on a heavier rod. But that's what I use. And then about a 50-pound leader is what I'm using uh, for the leaders on my rigs. Uh, just Andy Mono. I know uh, – some guys like the uh, fluorocarbon. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, <clears throat> that works fine, too. Uh, I just use the Andy. You can buy a big two-pound spool of it, and I can live off that for a long time. And uh, I'm a circle hook guy. I use Gamagatsu circle hooks, octopus circle hooks, eight aughts and six aughts. That's the two sizes. I use the six aughts for smaller fish when I'm fishing for channels. But it's eight aughts most of the time, and they work fine, too. I know there's bigger hooks and stuff out there, but... Yeah, those are that's what i use i'm a simple guy i kind of probably like a lot of catfish guys out there they get something oh, yeah. that they like and it works and you don't want to change with, yeah and you know when you're new and you're starting out because i did it too and, and some of my mentors told me they laughed i'd be trying something new some new books and this and they said you'll go back to what you liked here in a few weeks and they were right you know it's <laughs> it's good to experiment if you're having a problem with something obviously try something new but if you're just trying to find something if you missed a fish last week and you want to try to find a new hook to solve that problem trust me you're going to miss fish i don't care what kind of hook you put on yeah there. so that's just the nature of fishing and that's what makes it fun that's one of the things i did in the video with my son was uh he lost a big fish it was a good fish. It was, I, I don't want to say how big it was, but it was good. And, uh, you know, this thing I said, and I was frustrated. I was mad. I wanted to break something. And uh, in the video, I put a little subtitle up that said, you can hear him, barely hear him say, he says, well, now you know how I felt when the Panthers lost the Super Bowl. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, we're Panthers fans being from Charlotte. But, you know, that's part of the game. That's what keeps you going back. That's what keeps you, you know, 
If you exactly. went out there and caught 50 pounders every time, I don't know that would be that fun. So that's part of the challenge. All right. Now, are you snail on your hooks? Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you're talking about all the things I'll just put videos together on. Because when I put up one of the drift rig videos the other day, I got a lot of questions that people sent me. And I love getting questions on any of the videos. Feel free. Uh, send me questions. Call me crazy. Call me stupid. Tell me I look like an idiot. Whatever. I just like to hear from you. Uh, but yeah, I do uh, a snail knot and I looked around because the way I do it, uh, I wish I had something. There's a hook. I come through make a loop and then wrap around the shank, pull it tight. And there's, I got to looking online just to see how other people did it. And there's 40 different ways to snail a knot. And oh yeah. Yeah. The reason I like that one is because I can change hooks out. I know some of the types of snails, you come back up through it and do something but you still have to tie that in onto your swivel or wherever you're tying it into. And that knot's just nice because I can change out hooks or if you get something frayed or something in the lower end, you can cut some of the leader off. So that's what I go with. It pulls the hook into a nice, very, you know, it's in a straight line with the shaft of it and the shank of it, and it pulls it right into the corner of the mouth perfectly. Doc? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm, I'm oh, okay. looking. I, He's thinking. Sorry. I'm, no, I'm He's looking, thinking. making sure nobody uh, asked a question. Uh, <laughs> That's what I was looking to see if there's any questions on there. Uh, Fat Boy Dan wants to know if you bought a drone, what kind would you get? Uh, money, no object, and uh, within my budget. And uh, I think to get what I want, it's going to cost about a thousand bucks. DGI makes one. That's pretty good. That's in that price range. Uh, there's also one made by uh, the one that GoPro makes. I was looking at it. Uh, they got some funny name for it. It's all earthy and stuff. But anyway, that looks like a pretty good drone. I've got a friend that does flies drones for a living. He does it in our industry uh, commercially and flies big cameras. And <laughs> his is an octocopter. It's, it's huge. It's about this big. And I think he paid around with the controls and the camera and about thirty thousand for his. That, oh, that, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it take, it, it's a two people deal. There's one person to fly it and another person to run the camera on it. So, yeah, that's crazy. So that's way out of my yeah. budget. Yeah, I'd love to get one of that. Yeah, I'd love to get one of the DJIs. The DJI are probably the uh, the GoPro. I think it's probably that will deliver a lot. But I mean, they're around a thousand bucks. You gotta you either got to be a serious hobbyist, you know, doing it or have some way to make some money back on it. Cause that's a lot of money for anybody just to throw down to yeah. flop in the air and scout for turkeys in the field. Right. And not that I would ever scout for turkeys with a drone. Uh, no, I'd never do that, but I've actually thought of it though. That would be a really good way to see if turkeys are in that field. That's yeah. well, thank Rob, you. Uh, Rob nasal road also uh, says that he thinks he saw you on a kayak in one of your videos. Uh, I don't know if he's ever got a good look at me in a, uh, before, but I think any kayak that I would get in would fall over. Uh, <laughs> be top no, they, they make they make kayaks for guys. Myself. I've seen guys bigger than me out there kayak. I mean, I, I, I have I've never kayak fished before. I admire those guys, though. Uh, and that's a dedicated crowd, and they go out on some stuff. Uh, I've seen them down at the beach outside the breakers in, you know, waves and ocean that I was looking at and they really scare me actually more on the lake because 
there's so many idiots as all the fishermen out there know that are riding around drunk and half paying attention and you know kayaks don't exactly stick out real good and there's a lot of people the fishermen are usually good the guys in kayaks that are fishing usually have the flags and stuff up and they're pretty visible but there's a lot of recreational kayakers that i'm surprised have not, i'm surprised they're not more than killed and hit by boats and stuff but no i haven't been out kayak fishing i admire the guys that do it though i've got some that message me that are pulling drift rigs on kayaks and catching some pretty big catfish i think that's pretty cool that's uh yeah that's a that's that's some that's some tough fishermen right there. I admire yeah, for what they're doing. Alan uh, would like to know if you have any pointers on video during the dark. I said they made some videos with catfish pirates and and the night videos are harder to capture and they are. Yeah, I see. I get to cheat because um, like I got one of the LED lights in here that we use for work, and I, I can cheat. They're you know they're battery powered. Uh, I'm going to shoot some this year. I haven't done a lot of night fishing the past few years, but I'm going to do some flathead stuff this year. And again, that's one of them things that I've used a when I was fishing night tournaments and stuff. I had a it's one of these uh, mechanics lights, an LED mechanics light that we would put on a uh, painter's pole. And you could unscrew the thing and run it up in the air, and it would light the boat up. But it's really not enough light to do video video off of. Uh, it takes a lot of light for, especially, you know, most of these cameras to be able to light stuff up and get a good shot. So I'm sure, though, there's so many different lights now with LED technology where it's at that if you look around, uh, you know, the WalMarts and auto parts places. You never know what you might find in there for 49 or 59 bucks, but it's tough. And it, it's tough filming fishing at night because you've got the person there and then right behind them, it falls off into a black abyss. So yeah. it makes for, it makes for tough shooting. Uh, you almost need to be lighting the bank up with something so you can at least get some relationship to the bank and where you're at. But you know, then are you spooking off fish and stuff? So I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. It's a challenge and he's not alone in it. And, it's why you see so few, even the high-end, you know, TV shows uh, on fishing that do much night fishing. But there's a lot of sword fishing stuff that are caught at night, and it, you know, striper fishing too. And it's just, it's ugly TV, uh, you know, fishing at night. Even lit up really good, it's ugly TV. So I know uh, mm. we we do some of that out of our boat, and I've got some minima uh, mm -hmm. LEDs that are on paint poles that go way up and. Yep. The trick to using those, what a lot of people don't understand, and I'm going to go ahead and tell them, is to crisscross those beams as shine one for the opposite corner of the rear of your boat and the other in the opposite corner of the rear of the boat, and that'll stop all the shadows and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Good idea. Uh, they work really well for that. Now, you can video off the ones we got. And, of course, LEDs, they don't use no electricity. We've run three or four nights in a row on them and, and never had any problems. Yeah. Uh, whatsoever with that and uh, yeah that's a great thing I, if anybody's finding anything leds is definitely the way to go because they suck out yeah, so so little power i mean it's amazing right right, right. that's 100 correct another question uh, steve douglas is on here he said just curious why you changed your channel or started the new channel over the one he had i'm humbled steve douglas has a question for me my my yes, hero, my hero in the business, Steve Douglas, has a question for me. I'm here. I've arrived. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question, Steve. The old the old channel was under Wiley Catman. 
And that was something because online on some of the old uh, internet sites, I was known as Wiley Cat because of Lake Wiley. So that was back in the old days. Remember, when nobody used a real name on the internet because right. everybody was a stalker. So, oh, how times have changed. So, <laughs> what I, <laughs> they've really changed. So, yeah, it has. Uh, but I, basically, rebranding is what I'm doing, Steve. Uh, is rebranding, you know, the Wiley Cat Man thing didn't have much future. Uh, as one of my designer art friends said, with a name as weird as yours and an accent as bad as yours is, <laughs> you might as well stick with that name because there's nobody else going to use it. Okay, <laughs> there may be another Steve that comes up out there somewhere, <laughs> but only a complete moron would choose my name and my accent to try to copy. <laughs> Steve, Steve, I got Steve. Thank you. Thank you. That's cool, dude. No, uh, actually, Steve's a big motivation. Uh, I looked at what he was doing, and like I said, I throw stuff up. Didn't really pay any attention to it, and Steve was actually one of the ones. I'm going to blame you, pal. Um, what happened was we cut the cord on cable TV and satellite and all that stuff, I don't know, four or five months ago. And my wife got me, um, she's the IT person in the house, some kind of little box mm -hmm. that I could watch YouTube on. And I could watch YouTube on my TV. Huh, figure that. They've been doing it for probably a decade, and I just now figured it out. But I was watching Steve Douglas's videos online, and that's kind of what got me thinking about doing more of it. So there's the man right there. Well, he's got a good lot deal. of them out and some good quality information. Yeah. Good man, smart man, got a lot of good stuff, and uh, I admire everything he does. Absolutely. Another question. Johnny Rebel wants to know, do you recommend a single-piece rod or a two-piece rod? Single piece, absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, I know it, it, it's tough for a lot of people because they've got to put, they got to get it into their, you know, their Volkswagen bug to go to the fishing hole. And that's tough and you need a two piece. But it's like with the ugly sticks, you know, they said for years they're unbreakable. The only ones I've ever seen break were two pieces and they always broke right around where the two pieces went together. I mean, that's obviously the weak point in them. And I don't, I don't even think I own a two-piece spinning rod thingy that somebody, I don't even think anybody gave me one for Christmas in the past decade. So yeah, definitely. I, but you know, Hey, listen, if you got to get it in your car or whatever goes somewhere, you got to do what you got to do. But you know, if you got a choice, go with a one piece, especially if you're dealing with heavy fish, because uh, that's what you're going to want. Good questions, by the way. I like all this stuff. Yeah. They're, they uh, good they're popping them up there. And that's one thing I want to try to do in some of the videos we take for granted. And I'm sure Steve knows this is that, you know, we think we know a bunch, you know, you think, ah, why do it? Why, well, people know what a circle hook is. Uh, no, you don't know how many people ask me what's the difference between a circle hook and another hook, you know, yeah. tying a knot. There's stuff that, you know, it's just tying knots. There's a ton of this stuff out there, but, you know, people like to see it. And I need to put some of that stuff out there just so these people, if they stumble across my site, you know, can help them with that. We take a lot of stuff for granted you know, being where we are, not that, you know, we're the greatest in the world, but we've been fishing a long time and, you know, catch fish. And we kind of, at least I do, I kind of figure, wow. You know, when I take somebody new, I took somebody new out the other day. Uh, I've never fished before outside of catching some brim. And he hooks into a catfish. And he's reeling, 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 reeling. And I'm going, why's the fish not coming in? And I realized the drag was loose on it. And he was just basically reeling against the drag and it wasn't moving but you know you take for granted somebody knows that and you have to show them so that's yeah. you know that's kind of that's one of the cool things about it that's one of the things i hope i can do with you know some of the videos is you know help them you know impact some people uh, i know it's kind of 
a grandiose dream, but hopefully impacts the people with some of the videos. I'll find somebody, I actually found somebody the other day that I made, I think a little bit of an impact on it when I did the uh, windsock video uh, with the high winds without fishing in it. Uh, the uh, drift socks were made by Easterland Sea Anchors down on Santee. And uh, Murtis Easterland, she's been making them forever. She's a legend. And uh, I sent those guys a video or sent them a link to it. And, you know, it said, hey, check this out. Show it to Murtis. And, you know, it would be really cool that she gets to see it. They made me back. Oh, she loved it. She was crying. It's great. And all this. And she ended up, uh, I think she passed away last week. And, uh, you know, you never know who it's going to touch, who it's going to hit. And something as simple as that. You know, I didn't even think about anything like that. So, you know, it's cool. Hopefully that'll happen again. I'm sure there's somebody out there that's, you know, going through a bad time in her life, you know, so maybe bring a little happiness and excitement to the through and through fishing. I know it brings me a lot of happiness. Exactly. And yeah. I like to give that back somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Mike old man catfishing says I'm 60 and I'm still learning mainly because I forget, I forget <laughs> it by morning with my memory. <laughs> man, I understand it. You know, I got to tell you something, man. I, I didn't, and I watched a lot of your old, uh, videos, mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't realize that was you. Uh, I didn't connect the two. I don't know why. Uh, when Steve brought that up, and uh, I was looking at the message when Doc was reading it off, and when you said Wiley Catman, I've watched a ton of that stuff, yeah. and I didn't didn't put it together with you. I don't you know, know why. why. You know why? No, I don't. It's the hair. Look at the hair. I know yeah. we talked about that the other day, y'all. The hair, the hair. Look at the old videos. Yeah. That's right. It's the hair. Yeah, for anybody that, yep. that has seen any of the videos and seen it out, I'll go ahead and tell you the story. It's kind of funny. Uh, my barber, uh, she moved from her barber shop about, it was last March. I never got a haircut, never got a haircut, went on and on, got longer and longer. And uh, anyway, Ma said, let it grow. Because when she had met me, I had gotten out of the military and I let it grow for like a year and it was really long. So I said, well, I'll let it grow for a year, but I get a new truck. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Second, I'm going to cut it. So March 1st came and that was a plan to get it cut. And uh, it annoys enough of my fishing buddies now that I think I'm going to let it grow a little while longer. So uh, we'll see how it goes once it gets hot because I really. I can't stand it when it's hot and it's around my head and everything. So anyway, that's the story of the hair. So sometime <laughs> soon in the near future, I'll be back to the buzzed head and you'll be wondering what happened. So. I have a, a, a message that come in on the catfish weekly, uh, Facebook page that Jeff King wants to know if you have any videos of big cats on side imaging or down imaging on the lower ants coming. Uh, you know, we've been working on getting some that we could catch. Uh, I yeah, shot a little bit. I shot, I shot, actually, I had one. I, I think it was a video I released today. There was a fish that looked like a fish. There was a real good signature on that. Up off the bottom, had a good shadow. Uh, and I really just started committing more time to using that side image. And, and I'll tell you the place, because I got it. And, you know, I was like most people, I was driving around, you know, about to run into bridges and boat docks and everything else, just looking at stuff. And But I finally figured out a way to use this tool, I think. Shallow waters is the best thing in the world for shallow water fishing. You start getting into shallow waters, as a lot of guys know, and the guys who don't know, you your sonar is a comb. And it's roughly a fourth, what you're seeing on that screen is roughly a fourth to a third the depth of whatever water you're in. So if you're in only eight feet of water, 
you're only looking at a, you know, a spot maybe that big. So yeah, about, about a foot around. Yeah. 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 Right. So being able to see out to the sides of the boat, once you get down to what your boat speed is, you can start to pick out fish. Once you really start, yeah. you know, they're not jumping off the screen or anything, but you can see them and they're there. And it's an excellent tool for that. Um, we probably found more boats than we have anything. My friend Jeff Manning and I have a boat collection. Uh, I think we're going to start doing guided tours for all the sunken boats that we found in Lake Wally. <laughs> so if I can find a uh, we've decided if we can find a catfish signature that's as big as, you know, the width of one of the holes on the boats, uh, we'll be set. But there's some guys, you hear tales, and I want to go fishing with them, you know, they can pick out fish next to a stump and, you know, drop a buoy on that stump and cast over there and send the boat within, you know, about seven minutes and 23 seconds. And that's pretty impressive. Uh, I'd like to get to that point. I'm going to try to commit more time, especially as flathead season starts to pick up here. And I'm going to be doing more flathead fishing this year. And uh, I think it'll be a really cool tool for flatheads, uh, especially when you get around fallen trees and submerged stuff. You must have the part of your fan club just joined uh yeah. tammy Lindsay says you have one of the best attitudes in fishing wow that's saying a, that's saying a lot wow and i'm trying to think if i got that check for him anywhere here. So, <laughs> having a mail too. Uh, that's good that's nice that's sweet uh i think my attitude's changed a lot uh in general on fishing i think uh you know like a lot of people in the sport you you start out young and you can make it kind of aggressive and want this and want that and I don't know I'm just I'm thankful I realize I'm blessed to be able to fish as much as I do I do get to fish a lot I've got a wonderful wife best wife in the world she tolerates it it's either that or she's tired of me and just likes me getting out of the house because sometimes she does say what when are you going fishing again you know, got something to do. <laughs> but um but no, I appreciate hearing that that's cool um I uh I enjoy it and like I said I'm blessed to be able to do it as much as I do and Keep riding the train until the good Lord says I can't ride it anymore. That yeah, that's I agree. You know, it's kind of like docking us on the show. We have so much fun. If uh, if it wasn't for all the money we make, we'd probably do it for nothing. Just to I mean, yeah, yeah. We got to drive more traffic to your show because I think your show is really cool. Uh, I well, think some you. of the people you get on here are Appreciate really cool, it. and there's a lot of good information. And uh, I apologize, I didn't. I had a big plan to drive a bunch of traffic as much as i can drive uh here and put some stuff out but ended up working today and my stepdad's in the hospital so it was kind of a last minute thing that you know didn't have as as life goes sometimes life catches up and didn't go quite as good but i put a little blast out so maybe i had a few of my, few of my buddies chiming in there we enjoy it so much and that's that's why we do it i, I see the guys from unhooked catfishing has joined our chat yeah he just and, jumped in there Seth McAllister or Alex Nagy. I'm not sure which one of them that it is, but uh, they said they've been loving your videos, and that's really cool. Now, these guys have a drone. Uh, I'm not sure which one of them drives it. Yeah. Uh, I think one of them drives it and the other one rides it. I'm not real sure how that works, but they're some really good guys, and and uh, they, they've, they've done some, some video stuff for tournaments and different things, and uh, I believe Seth actually has the drone. I could be wrong. Alex may have one too. Uh, in fact, I believe he does. Yeah. But uh, you know, they they do some really cool shots on Mississippi River. Uh, it's 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 pretty neat to watch those things. Now, uh, I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to get one, but you just you never know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the guys that can fly them really amaze me. 
and the guys that can't fly them really scare me. Uh, yeah. they, <laughs> I, yeah. I've, I've seen two of them. This is when they first came out. We were actually we were filming a tournament. It was a little tournament down at the lake inside of the Daytona International Speedway, Lake Lloyd, I believe. And uh, they have some race car drivers and stuff down there. But anyway, there was a guy down there trying to fly a drone and shoot some footage of it, and he flew it into one of the palm trees, and it crashed. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, man. And it didn't end up well. So, And then we were at another one. It's another tournament I was fishing in. I want to say it may have been the ice bowl or somewhere, and there was one that flew into a pine tree. So, But they've gotten a lot better as a control. It's a lot e- – I say easier. It is easier to fly than it wants to be the controls are – you know, not as fragile and, you know, overpowering right. as they used to be. So, but yeah. Right. Seth, Seth, you need to pay attention to what he's saying and not fly that in no palm tree up there. Watch out for Chicago. palm trees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't what imagine would, he's got any up there in Chicago. What would scare me is all the fishing lines. Like if you're out anchored up and somebody's flying around the boat with all those fishing lines, it oh. just looks like a recipe for disaster, you know, flying into those things. So, I'm sure, is anybody – Shark, that shark fishes using them to release baits out in the water. You know, a lot of those guys paddle out in a kayak and chuck a bait off and paddle back. But it seemed like you could put an actuator on there and carry a bait out and let it go and not have to do all that. <laughs> yeah, idea. that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, yeah, fly to the dam, drop the baits there. Yeah, general the areas that are unlimited. Generally, in my life, by the time I think of some great idea like that, somebody's already doing it. Somebody's already doing it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So tell our viewers and our listeners how they can get to your videos, you know, where and all that. Yeah. It's really easy. It's Dieter Melhorn Fishing. Uh, And I think my old site is now somehow got under my name, which if you go in there, there's not as many videos on it and stuff. And I think all the links will click you back. Yes, Dieter Melhorn Fishing, D-I-E-T-E-R. M-E-L-H-O-R-N. I think if you type in something halfway close to that, um, yeah, it'll, pull it it'll, up. it'll pull it up. So, yeah, check it out. And, yeah, subscribe. And if you subscribe, watch the videos, leave your comments. I love getting the feedback because, it, like I said, it gives me a lot of ideas for other stuff and stuff that we just kind of take for granted and overlook and right. you know, keeps, me, keeps me thinking. Yep. Awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Steve did. Uh, Steve Douglas said you guys have a lot in comedy. Both fish alone, although he does have Lisa to film, uh, which, by the way, does an outstanding job for him. Uh, that he still fishes alone about ninety five percent of the time. Right. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Somebody had told me that his, uh, his his wife was videoing for him or something. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. So uh, it it makes it a lot easier as he as he knows. Uh, I took a buddy out day before yesterday and we did some striper fishing and I actually made some jokes about that, that it's, but it, it's a lot easier. The footage actually looks better when you were trying to do this stuff alone. And I do a so-so job at it, uh, but to do it really good, I've seen some guys that really take the time to, you know, put the camera down on the boat ramp back over it, put the boat in and, you know, all the flybys drop. It takes a lot of time to do all that stuff. Yeah, right. So having somebody oh, to help yeah. out really makes it, Yep. A lot easier, and you can kind of focus on, you know, telling the story and getting everything out that you need to say. So, uh, Seth did say that uh, he buys uh, full coverage insurance on his drone for 20 bucks a year. So, uh, you know, that's something if a person is interested in getting a drone and you could buy insurance on it for 20 bucks a year, I'd be a good investment right there, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. cheap. 
Yeah, I think my buddy that does it commercially carries like three million dollars worth of insurance because you Ooh. can you can well when you start getting around crowds of people and stuff, you could do some serious damage to somebody if you got eight of those yeah. plates spinning around. So I agree. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised somebody hadn't luckily the little ones aren't that bad, but the bigger ones can they can be kind of dangerous. Yeah, you were talking about that one while ago. I didn't realize it was that big. Oh yeah, they're huge. I mean it's it's really amazing. They make some noise when they take off too. Ah. Yeah, pushing a lot of wind. Yep, absolutely. Well, Dieter, we thank you for joining us on the show tonight. We had a blast having you on here. A lot of a lot of quality information. We got a lot of people watching. I know that they enjoyed that. They the when the chat jumps in and participates and has questions for the guests, it makes a great show, and and they get their answers, and you get to interact with them and stuff. So uh, it really worked out really good. Very uh, cool. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. And uh, stay in touch. Uh, if you got anything new pops up, give us a shout. You know, and uh, uh, good luck with everything you're doing. I mean, I, I enjoy you, your videos, and it sure looks like everybody else is enjoying them too. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Thanks, guys. Dude. Stay stay tuned in. We'll do. Right, Thanks, Dieter. Thank you. you. That's a that's a pretty pretty cool deal he's got going on there, Doc. Yeah. I really enjoy his videos. You and I have talked about that. I know you do too, and. And uh, a really, really great guy. So, uh, yeah. you guys Have tune in time. and watch his shows. And he pops them up just pretty frequently, uh, usually one or two a week, maybe more. So, uh, exactly. you know, it's it's a great deal for us. All How right. about we uh, go over some upcoming tournaments and tournament results? All right. I've got King Cat results. Wheeler Lake, All Decatur, right. Alabama. 43 teams participated. First place, Aaron Churchwell, Jake Herman, 144.70 pounds. Second place, second place, Tim Peppers and Sean McWhorter, 131.06 pounds. Third place, Shannon Colley, he's out of Ohio here, and Wayne Reed, 129.86 pounds. Fourth place with David Shipman and Brooke Wilbanks, 119.22 pounds. And fourth was Kelly Godbolt and Ron Howard, 106 pounds. Big Cat was a uh, Brian Murs and Michael Clark, 59.70 pounds. And uh, the second Big Cat, which was only less than a pound, was uh, Ryan Lawrence and Mike and Mark uh, Blovolt, uh, 59.18 pounds. Um, in this tournament, 11 teams had fish of 40 pounds or greater. So that that's pretty good. That, that Alabama's got it going together with their uh, protecting the species down there. That's right. They, they got the, the some of the best regulations in the entire United States. Saving these breeder-sized fish, it's really cool. I have the Elite Catfishing Series from Warsaw Results. Uh, now, here in Missouri over the weekend, it was cold and windy and miserable. Yeah. Just flat out. There ain't no other way to describe it. Uh, 30 boats showed up to their very first Elite Catfishing Tournament. They held at Warsaw, and first place went to the team of Allen and Emery, uh, paid them $1,600. Second plate was Lee and Frasher, paid them $800. 
Third was Porter and Graham, $420. Fourth was Morris, Mark, and Logsdale, Logsdale, $320. Fifth place was Team Keller. Sixth place was Self and Brant. Seventh place was Hunter and Hunter. Eighth place was Bush and Jones. Ninth place was Phillips and Walters. At tenth place was Kil Kilgore, Deal, and Pratt. Uh, places five through eleventh won prizes. Uh, first four places won cash. Pretty good turnout for their first ever tournament, and they will be qualifying people for the national championship through their year in point system. Central Missouri Cats. Yesterday, again, cold, windy, rainy, blustery old day. Uh, trying to see here. They had 18 boats show up for a Sunday tournament. First pace was Cody Thompson and Mike Southerner. 39 pounds, big fish, weighed 27.5. Second place was Bo Brockman and Brian Ellison, 27.8 pounds. And third place was Dave and his daughter Alexa Swearington with 17.2 pounds. Good job, everybody. That's a uh, really, for the weather that we had here, I'm telling you right now, even if I didn't have anything wrong with me, I wasn't going to be. <coughs> yeah. That cold, old, windy. Rainy days when, oh, it's just, you know, and maybe when I was a younger, like these guys are, like Bo and some of the guys are not near as old as I am. I ain't getting out. I don't have to. You can't make me. Just can't. Yeah. Indiana <laughs> Catfishing Association, Tanner's Creek, uh, 318 coming up. Uh, tournament hours 8 to 4, I believe is what it says. Yeah. Uh. Uh, Josh yes. Worth con uh, contacted me, and the Indiana River Cats Tournament Series is going to be gearing up. So you guys be watching out for what they got going on over there. I don't have any tournament dates or schedules, but uh, they are going to make it happen and get everything squared away. So there you go. SWOCC Tournament this weekend, Saturday, March 18th, 8 to 3. This is on Rocky Fork in Hillsboro, Ohio. This lake is outstanding for channels. Uh, that's a Vince Nadoski tournament. And this is also a uh, Catfish Weekly National Tournament Qualifier event. Yes, it is. And that was and, sponsored by Predator Fishing. So they're going to. Very, very good of them, guys. Yeah. So they're going to uh, the top five teams. Will, uh, qualify for our Catfish Weekly National Championship. Binks Tournament, April 15, 2017, 30 days from tomorrow. So uh, if anybody's got any questions, get a hold of me here on Catfish Weekly or send me an email at plang at woh.rr.com and I'll try to answer your questions for you. Twisted Cat Outdoors Tournament, Lake of the Ozarks, Public Beach. Uh, it, it, you can put in a Public Beach number two, but they're having a bass tournament out there. It'll be at the um, uh, shoot the resort. Can't think of the name of it right now, but they will. It will be put on this weekend. Uh, the weather's supposed to be nice. It's not supposed to be raining. Uh, the front that moved through and is freezing all of us to death here. 
will not be affecting that down there starting Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. The rain's supposed to kind of slack off, and it's going to be 60s uh, with sunshine. So uh, be at Robbins Resort at Lake of the Ozarks to jump in this. Uh, Alex has got over 20 boats pre-entered right now, so it uh, looks like it's going to be another great turnout for him. Uh, I'm excited. We're going to Cindy and I are going to take our uh, our oldest son down there, and him and Cindy's going to fish the tournament. Uh, I think it's going to be a great time. And uh, there's been some guys putting some pretty decent fish in the boat, and they've been catching a lot of numbers of fish on the lake. And so far, I have yet to have anybody tell me that they had much trouble getting bait, but that's kind of the way Lake the Ozarks is. It's got plenty of bait. So contact Alex Nagy and get signed up for that tournament. How about a tip for the night, Doc? All right, Doc's tip for the night, paracord. I use the tar out of this stuff, and, and one of the things that I use it for is my drift socks. Um, for you guys, I, I have a 24-foot uh, CR Crocat, and it's got rails on it. And what I'll do with this paracord is I'll take it, and it's I've already got, I've got several of these. I've got probably a half a dozen or so that are already made up, got a knot on them. And what I'll do is I'll take that and just, you know, if I've got the rail, I'll wrap it on the rail, stick this through, cinch it up. Now, what I can do, and that's what I, you end up having, now I can move my drift socks. If I've got the boat sideways, I can hook my drift socks off. You will not break this stuff. It just does not break. It's 550 paracord. Uh, does an excellent job of holding the drift socks. You can position the drift socks all up and down the boat. You know, we've run as many as four to five at a time, and this will allow you to change the positioning of your drift sock and making your boat handle better if you've got it sideways into the wind. That's Doc's tip for the night. That's a great tip, Doc. I use a lot of that stuff. We have some of the shallow water anchors that you screw together made out of the one-inch fiberglass rods. Mm-hmm. Those work perfect. You can put them off on a rod hole, shove that baby down there, put one of them on each side, and you're locked down. Yep. Uh, paracord, I go through. I buy by a thousand foot spools. A lot of most people don't buy and go through near as much of it as I do, but it works absolutely wonderful for a number of things. Uh, it's yeah. just a heck great, of a great product. Thing. Yeah. Yep, and it's not overly expensive. You know, it's just pretty good, pretty good price on it. So, yep, uh, that's a great tip. Now. We have another thing that we talked about earlier. Last week, we had such a good time giving away the Bill Dance hat. You know, we want to thank Mississippi River Monsters and Leslie and, and George and all of them that's involved with that, especially Mr. Bill Dance, for signing these hats and and letting people have them so they can, so can give them out. So tonight, we have another Bill Dance hat signed by the man himself, Bill Dance. Doc, pick out a number, and the number you choose, you must be on the Catfish Weekly Facebook page. Now, when you post your, num your number on that, they come up in the order uh, on my end, so I can see how many people had it and who had it first. They, they post on our page in order they was received. So Doc's going to pick out a number, and the uh, whoever – hits that number and posts, I want that hat, then you you will win the hat, and uh, I will let everybody know. Uh, 
it was late in the night last night because everybody's worried about whether they was getting in too early or waiting yeah. to get too late. So uh, as soon as that number's hit, I'll post it up tomorrow and tell you who won the hat. All right. Sounds great. Lyle, well, I think we I think we had a you want me to tell you the number? Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh lucky number 13. That'll do it. If you are the lucky number 13, I will contact you as soon as it's posted. And you can give me your information and we'll ship you off a Bill Dance signature hat that he autographed for us. Um I would like for you to take pictures, especially if you happen to be as cool as the guy the last time and, and give it to his son. That was yeah. so awesome to pick yeah. a three-year-old boy, get a Bill Dance hat. By the time, you know, when he goes up and figures out who Bill Dance is, he'll really have something. Yeah, and he was a cutie pie too. Oh, man. Awesome deal. Yeah. Awesome deal. Love now, what else did the you kids have? get involved. Absolutely. That's it. I, I think I'm done for the night, Lyle. That's it. Well, I want to thank Dieter Melhorn for being a part of our show. We absolutely had a blast. We had yes, a we lot did. of viewers tonight, and it's going to be a big show. Now, next week, uh, for those of you that didn't uh, didn't tune in the other day, Jeff Williams will be on our show. Uh, Jeff is a wealth of information. He has some really good products. Uh I want to specifically talk to him about how he got started uh, with it, with his brand of, of catfish products. And, and I know that he started out as a guide, uh, and I want him to, to tell us some stuff about that because it's a really cool story, and everybody will enjoy it. And, uh, you know, you never know. We might come up with something else to give away next week, Doc. That's right. You just never know. That's right. Thanks, everybody, for watching Catfish Weekly. See you next week. We're out.